We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Special edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. CP the franchise here checking in. We got the panel here of JD, CK2K, and special guest Keith Smith. He's covered the Celtics for the Celtics blog since 2016. A big, big time NBA writer, big time on NBA Twitter, and a copologist as well, man. And uh, for tonight's show, first we're going to preview the Knicks versus Celtics Big matchup at the Garden on October 20th. We are two days away. And then the second half of the show, we'll get into our final preseason thoughts and uh, do have a little fun, do a little season award prediction. So, uh, Keith, how you feeling, man? Thanks thanks for joining us on Knicks Fan TV. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel feel like I need a two initial nickname. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm left out, man. We'll call um, you KS, man. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll call yeah, you so call me that. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to say, CP2, man. Two of the posters behind you. I have two of those posters. I have the Patrick Ewing one and the Stark Stung. Nice, poster. nice. So they, they, unfortunately, my wife mixed a lot of that stuff, and those are wrapped <laughs> up and in storage. But oh, you know, I, I, they, they're still in my heart and spirit. Did, so Pat, you, Patrick Ewing was my guy, man. Nice. I, I love Patrick. Nice. So. Did, did you grow up a Knicks fan or more of a Patrick Ewing fan? No, so I grew up just south of Boston. So I grew up a Celtics fan. But okay. My dad actually worked with Patrick Ewing's dad. Interesting. Um, for a while. So there's in Boston, right? Because they're from Boston. In Boston, yeah. yeah. Yep. My 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 parents have this picture of a uh, uh, Patrick Ewing holding a little tiny me in like the palm of his <laughs> hand uh, back in the day. So I was a huge Patrick Ewing fan, and 
during those years, right, where like the Starks don't, the Celtics were down. So I was I was pulling for my guy Patrick to get to get a championship uh, out of that run. And oh just, man, you know, yeah, yeah, very interesting story and, and certainly timely as we talk about uh, these two teams that you know a lot of the prognosticators have finishing around uh, similar marks in the East. But we'll we'll get to that in a little bit um, on the Celtics. And they finished last year with a first-round knockout versus uh, the Nets. They switched coaches. Brad Stevens out, Udoka in. Made a couple of off-season acquisitions. They had Schroeder, the return of Al Horford, and his Cantor coming back. Um, talk a little bit about the, the Celtics roster and, uh, you know, what, what your expectations are this season. Yeah, last year was a mess for the Celtics in really every possible way. They, they missed more games due to COVID than any other team in the league. Uh, they, they then had injuries on top of that, like everybody else does. But just when you add those on top of all the COVID misses, they, they never really had their starting group together. I, I think the most they were together was for three games in a row. Um, and that's just, you know, that, that was never going to work out for them. Uh, Kemba was on. They couldn't play back-to-backs. As we know, in the shortened season, it felt like there was nothing but back-to-back games. So he was out like every other day. And then they just they, they never really synced up. Nothing really kind of worked the way they hoped it would. And, and it was just a mess for them. So this offseason, with Danny Ainge retiring and moving on and Brad Stevens moving into that role, uh, hiring Ime Udoka, and then Stevens, I think, kind of sent a message of what he thought about the roster. Uh, Danny Ainge had given him that last year because he immediately moved on from Kemba, brought Al Horford back. He made a bunch of other swaps. The big thing was to add some veteran depth to this team because they were overly reliant on young players. And that sounds good until you get into spots where you really need them to play a lot. And then you're kind of going to struggle because those young guys are just not ready to step forward. So now this year, they've got some good vets in there. They've got some good balance. They still have the kids who are kind of, now they're going to have to fight and earn those minutes versus being handed them right out of the gate. And I think that's going to help a couple of their, their guys look much better through the course of the preseason than, than we've, we saw at any point last year so i think that's a good thing so overall it's a deeper team uh you still have tatum and brown so you gotta feel pretty good when that's your starting point uh, as a roster and, and and i think they're looking forward to having a much better season this year you know the the stevens and udoka thing the stevens thing was very interesting to me you know his move from the bench to the front office he was once thought to be uh kind of the guy that was gonna you know usher in the new era of the celtics and and a team and and a coach that they were gonna build the team around and build with you know a guy that would grow with the the influx of talent and then he moves into the front office and, and stevens being known as as a defensive head coach goes with Udoka, who's also known as a defensive mind. So where do you feel like Udoka will differ from Stevens in terms of his coaching philosophy and approach? Yeah, I think what we're seeing already right out of the gate is he's really holding guys accountable. They suspended Marcus Smart for a preseason game because he missed the team flight. Uh, not It's not that this is like a remarkable thing, right? I mean, you probably should be punished if you miss the team flight, but it was – a lot of times in the preseason, something like that, they might let that slide and be like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's a preseason. Mm-hmm. Nope, suspended him right away. Cost him a little bit of money. Uh, he had in a, the game, their last preseason game against Miami, he has been preaching all preseason. I don't want you getting distracted yelling at the referees. I want mm-hmm. you to play through it. Let me talk to the refs. Let me handle that. And Grant Williams started barking at the ref after an offensive foul call against them. Mm-hmm. They, the heat inbounded to Bam Adebayo, pushed it right up the floor, and he got a layup. And, and Udoka immediately called a timeout, took Grant Williams 
Williams out of there. You know, berated him on the court and then took him out of the game and sat him down. So, so it's a different kind of path. But one of the things that especially Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, kind of being the three core guys, I guess, if you will, had said was they wanted a coach who was going to coach them hard, hold people to account, you know, hold them accountable, uh, push on them, really, really try to get get the most out of them. And it's it's tough. Those guys, especially Mark Smart, he's never had another coach but Brad Stevens. So that's been the only voice in his ear his entire career. So it was time to have somebody a little bit different. And this was the guy that those three uh, primary guys, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, they wanted Ime. Uh, hmm. they, they, that was the, the guy they wanted. They'd all worked with him on USA basketball at the world cup a couple years ago, which feels like it was a decade ago mm-hmm. now with everything that's happened in the last two years. But yeah, that, that's the guy they wanted. So I, I think you're going to see uh, that offensively still kind of figuring that out. You, it's hard to draw a whole heck of a lot system wise from the preseason, but he's really preaching ball movement. He doesn't want a lot of isolation stuff. doesn't want a lot of uh, single action plays. He wants a lot of ball and player movement. So we've seen some of that, uh, you know, happen Their Their first preseason game looked pretty good. The ball is popping all over the place. And then defensively, I think they're going to get back to being that switch everything group where it's really five versatile guys who can hold their own because they tried to get rid of those weak spots uh, in their defensive grouping and really get back to a group that can, can get after it on that end. So I think they're going to be a really good defensive team. And then the offense will evolve as the year goes along. You know, talking about the, the two guys that they lost who the Knicks picked up in, in Kemba and Fournier, you know, first with Kemba, you know, it, it was striking to hear when, when Stevens talked about the type of team that he wanted. Obviously, he, he emphasized uh, building around uh, Jason and Jalen. And bringing in guys, he said that would, you know, um, you know, accentuate their strengths. So from a Kemba perspective, you know, forget the contract, because I know the contract was was quite sizable. But, you know, what did you see there from a fit standpoint that made Steven so quick to to send him to OKC? Yeah, I don't think in I go back to Kemba's first year with the Celtics before he got hurt the fit was basically seamless because what they were looking for at that time was um, Kyrie Irving. And I always say this in a vacuum, Kyrie Irving is a better player than Kemba Walker. I don't know anybody who would argue that, but basketball is not played that way. It matters. The other four guys on the floor with you at the same time. And Kyrie's a ball dominant guy who's going to do a lot with the ball in his hands. And they were trying to let Tatum and Brown kind of have that freedom to, to grow into their space and to really become those guys. So, Part of what drew them to Kemba was, uh, and everyone will still say this to 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 a man, he's an all-time teammate. Nobody has a bad thing to say about that guy. Everybody loves Kemba. Um, and the idea was off the ball, he would fit in better because he's pretty good off-ball shooter. He's pretty good with his movement and those kind of things. And he's also a guy who's just, he's not going to be demanding of the ball on every trip, but late in games when you need him to do his thing, he's he's going to be there for you. And it worked out great in that first year and worked out pretty good in the bubble. And then last season, it just never got to where it needed to be because he was missing every other game. Mm. So they, you'd, you'd play pretty well with him, then he'd be out for a game. Then he'd come back and it wouldn't look so good. And it just was constantly choppy and messy. And it just never really, you know, fully hit the way they wanted it to so moving on from him i don't i think it was just the contract was the number one part Mm. of it obviously but the basketball fit i think was more about his um 
availability than any fit on the floor on the offensive end. On the defensive end, I think Stevens wanted to get back to playing with more size and more switchability and not having that that kind of vulnerable guy yeah. on the court that you have to kind of work around. They, they, you have to do with Kemba at times. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that in a second because I'm very concerned about that, uh, looking at him as a starting point guard for the Knicks. On, on Fournier's free agency um, outlook, you know, it seemed like it, it came down to between Boston and, and the Knicks almost at the 12th hour or, or the 13th hour. Yeah, and in, in the Celtics wanted to keep him, and by all accounts, he wanted to stay in Boston. I get, it, being here in Orlando, I go to a ton of Magic games and cover the Magic games when I'm there. So I've gotten to know Evan a little bit. Um, I wouldn't by any means say he knows who I am, but I think I've gotten a little good sense of his uh, you know, mindset. And he is somebody who he didn't really want to be traded from Orlando to begin with, I think he wanted to stay with the magic ideally, mm-hmm. but I think he realized that this whole thing is breaking up. It's, you know, they're just going a different direction. They're tearing this down. So going to Boston, I think his hope was, all right, I'll, this is where I'll be now and I'll sign here long-term. And then when the Knicks came in with the offer they came in with, and, and this isn't a way for me to take a cheap shot at the, the, the Knicks here and say, man, what an overpay, what a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's a perfectly good contract. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't a contract Boston could do. Um, not with the way the rest of their cap sheet was lining up. It just wasn't going to make sense for them. It was going to make them too expensive and inhibit them from being able to make other moves down the line. So at that point, you got to kind of look at it and say, all right, we're losing a guy, but we, we, we got to move on, you know, in a different direction because we can't be tying up, you know, this much money in three wings. And then yeah. you know, they knew they wanted to resign smart and it just would have become really, really messy in an extremely expensive team. And they're not, they're willing to be expensive and pay a lot of money if they're contending for a title, but they don't want to be wildly expensive if it's we're third in the East. And I think they felt like we can get back to third in the East without being wildly expensive. Let's go a different direction. But the Knicks got two good ones there. I think, I think those two guys are going to, they're going to help them quite, quite a bit. Now with Boston, it starts, it starts with that two headed monster in, in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Now uh, Brown went down with COVID, so it didn't really have much of a preseason, but with Tatum, I mean, you know, coming off of an outstanding year last year, 27 and seven, uh, almost 40% from three, went into the Olympics, got the gold medal with team USA. Um, he's he's going to be a problem for us to contend with, man. I just feel like, you know, he's gotten bigger. He's put on size. He's almost like a like a three four tweener. RJ's going to have his hands cut out from him, but for him. But you know, from what you've seen from the preseason so far, how, how do you see Boston utilizing Tatum? Yeah, they're going to ask him to do more playmaking than than he's ever done before. They yeah. want to run a lot of stuff through him, but that's not necessarily they they don't want to do it. I like to call it James Harden style where it's get the ball, take a hundred dribbles, and then you're going to make the play. They want it to be, we popped it around. Now it came to you with 15 on the shot clock. You're going to set something up for, for a good look for yourself, which he can almost always get, or you'll make a play for somebody else and, and get that going. And that was part of adding Al Horford. That was part of putting Marcus Martin, the starting five. Those two guys are excellent ball movers and passers. Uh, they've got some really good screeners. So they're, they're trying to make it easier on him to do that. Cause I always say this with a guy like Jason Tatum, All Jason Tatum has been told his entire basketball life is go score. You're our best player. Go make it happen. And then we get into the NBA and it's like, cool, you did that your first two years. Now get a bunch of assists and make a bunch of plays. And I feel like they get to a point where it's, 
it's it's hard for some guys because it just goes against their nature and i think that's where he's at but he's he definitely is about bulked up a little bit he's looking a little bigger he talked a lot about the olympics experience especially mm. uh spending time and working with kevin durant which is to me that's a little scary i think for the rest of the league because he's got a little bit of durant yeah in yeah. his game where he's, he's got that size and that length and and he's got that rise on his jumper where the he jumper. just can't get to it mm-hmm. yeah so <clears throat> excuse me I'm getting all emotional talking about Jason Taylor. Um, so it's, but yeah, I think he's talked about, he wants to get to the, to the basket more, finish better and draw more free throws, which that's, that's like music to Celtics fans ears. Yeah. Cause that's the one area where offensively he seems to have struggled a little bit. He, he, he got rid of, he used to get stripped a lot on drives. Mm. He's now getting the ball, but then he wasn't finishing. And he, uh, he talked about, he was putting too much uh, English on the ball and the, he was, he just, I never seen a guy rim out more layups in, in my life. Mm. Uh, so it was, it was just tough. So it's, it's now he's talking about, I want to get downhill. I want to finish with strength versus trying to avoid the contact and get the ball in the rim. If I get fouled, I get fouled. So all, all around, I, I think he's going to have an absolutely monster yeah. offensive season. It wouldn't surprise me if he's pushing 30 points per game this year. Yeah, I, I'd certainly agree on that. And, and JD, uh, how do you see us matching up with it with this guy, man? Uh, is it going to be RJ on on on, uh, on Tatum? You see Fournier? Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for us, man. What, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, I'm thinking they're going to put probably going to put RJ on him. Um, yeah, they, they they're probably going to put RJ on him just because if RJ is going to be the player that is going to be assigned. You know the toughest matchup. I mean, he he talked in his interview about getting stronger because of that. Um, so it looks like he's mentally preparing to play that role. When I look at the Tatum Brown tandem, uh, Tatum to me has a more complete arsenal offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it is he's a more elite shot creator. Um, so I just think that he can do he can control the game a little bit more offensively than Jalen Brown. So. I think they put uh, RJ on Tatum, and then you mi- you mix and match with with Jalen Brown. You obviously start Fournier on him, um, and see how that goes, mm-hmm. and and you know see how the game how the game goes. But it's going to be a fun matchup because I think it is going to be RJ versus Tatum, and yeah, it's going to be something to watch. It's good, definitely going to be fun to watch, man. And, and I think as T- Tibbs was uh, met with the media today and talked about how you know they've really been trying to push RJ into that two way player role, and he's been accepting that. And so it's going to be interesting to see the two two Blue Devils going at it. RJ put some size on as well. So we'll see how how he fares there because I think, as Keith said, you know, Tatum's going to be in attack mode trying to get to the basket. And then, you know, once they have him in the post, it's going to be interesting to see how the Knicks' three-point defense fares because Celtics have put some some better floor spacing out there with Smart and Horford if if he's playing. And and Keith will get to that that in a minute. But it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how the Knicks' rotations fare on on uh on tatum uh ck what, what's your thoughts on the matchup with the two jays man I, I think the matchups are going to be interesting because uh jd brought up that point that i was thinking I'm like okay yeah we put rj on tatum and i think that'd be great like you were saying the duke showdown 
But then I'm thinking about it, like, who we, who we really putting on Jalen Brown? You know, I understand, yeah, we, we're probably most likely going to have to go with Fournier, but uh, I don't know. Um, and, Keith, you'd probably be the one to answer on this one. Who, who's, who's starting at the four? Uh, and then where, where's Julius Randle matchup? I think it's just going to be yeah. – it's going to be fun seeing uh, that tug of war of the – uh, of the not matchup issue, but of what the matchups are going to look like in this game, um, because a, a lot like us, they're they're playing around with a lot of different um, rotations, a lot of lineups and stuff like that. And I feel like we're going to be doing some similar. So, uh, of course, of course, just looking at the game, I, I'm looking forward to seeing RJ Barrett versus uh, Jason Tatum. But realistically, to your point just now, um, CP, uh, Tim's going to be using him to be that two way guy. There's there's probably going to be some switches where he's going to be yeah. on some assignments guarding. Uh, Tatum as much as he's guarding Jalen Brown. So I, I, it's going to be interesting. And I, I'm looking forward to see what the answer is going to be. Keith, what, what's your gut telling you injury report wise, you know, Brown and, and Horford have been out uh, in, in the COVID protocol. Uh, and, and what do you think about their potential starting lineup for, for Wednesday night's matchup? Yeah. I don't think Horford's going to go. It sounds like that he's probably going to miss that one. Doesn't sound like he'll be cleared in time mm-hmm. to play Brown. They've left it a little ambiguous, but they think uh, last we heard that he would be back. Uh, it sounds like he was, um, he's been asymptomatic. So it sounds like he's good to go. Um, they even uh, mentioned that they've been uh, working virtually with the coaches and trainers. Uh, so I think, think he'll be good to go. So that's where it gets interesting matchup wise, because my guess is just based off the way the preseason has gone, they'll go small then to open and they'll, they'll put Romeo Langford in the starting group. Mm. mostly because that's going to force Julius Randle to guard somebody yeah. Yeah. out on the perimeter. Cause, cause they're, they're not going to put a Grant Williams out there. I don't think to open the game and kind of then that gives the Knicks an out. Cause then they can kind of let Randall roam and sag off him and right. kind of do his thing when he's not involved in the uh, immediate action, defending it. I think they're going to make him have to defend point of the point of attack yeah. uh, quite a bit. And then, then we'll see, but they'll, they'll go big at times. They'll play both the Williams together. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Ennis Cantor, how much he uh, works in there. He's been playing some, my guess is they'll, they'll try to make that as uh, against second units only when, when they, when they can for, probably 10 minutes or so but yeah it's definitely going to be be interesting but they'll without al horford they're, they're going to go small quite quite a bit and mm. they'll just they're they're going to force the knicks to pick you know how, how do you want to do that yeah. and it might, might have julius on tatum who, who exactly. knows exactly if they put, if they put tatum at yeah. the four that could be dangerous yep. yeah I, I my guess is they'd probably put him on brown it seems to be that's the way teams play it they tend to put the four on brown mm. a little bit more but that's starting to get pretty dangerous too because yeah. brown's become such a good shooter and and he his uh first step and uh you know attack to the basket in a straight line drive it's just really tough to keep him from getting where he wants to go mm. i i would maybe and this is just very anti-tibs like he doesn't do this but you almost want to bend it and be like put randall on romeo langford and just mm. you know if if, if you lose because romeo langford hits five three-pointers yeah. on you, you you tip your cap and you say hey, you know, we'll see you next time uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be interesting, and I think why the Celtics are comfortable going small. I don't think I know is Brown and Tatum are such strong defenders; they've been defending mm-hmm. bigger guys their whole careers, so they're not gonna be. It, it, no, I'm not saying if Randall goes inside that they're shutting them down or anything, but they're not gonna be you know worried by that. They're they're just gonna you know stick with it, do the best they can, challenge them, try to keep them uncomfortable, working off the bounce as best they can. Uh, they'll guaranteed they'll steal some of the stuff the Hawks did 
yeah. where it's you know force him to to the spots where he wants. If he wants to take you know fifteen mid range jump shots, settle. Uh, have at it, my mm-hmm. man. We'll, we'll you know go go nuts. Yeah, uh, with, with that because uh, it'll be there. And then having Robert Williams is a completely different kind of guy uh, protecting the rim than what they had last year with Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice. Williams is just, you know, his shot blocking timing is unreal uh, back there. So you're, you you feel a lot more comfortable having him back there. And, then, and what they'll probably do, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on Randall quite a bit. Mm. And then they let Tatum or Brown kind of roam off Tosh Gibson or whichever big is in the game uh, alongside Randall at the time. But yeah, there's there's some fun cross interesting matchups. Interesting matchups, man. Yeah, very interesting yeah. matchups. Man. And Robert Williams was was outstanding in that series against the Nets, man. I was very impressed with him. Um, uh, another area of, of, of concern with me is the guards. Uh, if, if they do go small, you know, it seems like Smart is going to get the keys to, to start most games. Um, how do you see that? How do you see those guards factoring in when you talk about Smart? They picked up Schroeder, and then you have Pritchard, who, you know, showed some promise last year as well. I, I fear, you know, I've, I have some some worries about the Knicks at the point of attack, especially their pick-and-roll defense between Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose. How, how do you see the Celtics, Celtics utilizing their point guards? Yeah, they're going to do everything they can. It wouldn't be surprising to me if, uh, if they're uh, running a lot of stuff with whoever Randall is guarding as the screener and trying to get those switches that way or just maybe the, the Knicks don't switch a ton because um, they're they're trying to ice trap and then you know recover mm-hmm. but they, they'll try to force what they can uh, out of those matchups make Kemba work they know better than any team in the league what, what he can and can't do defensively they're going to probably test him and say alright how is that knee feeling let's get you moving side to side let's get you bouncing off screens from some of these guys yeah. let's really see what that looks like and see if you can hold up and smart He's got to be cautious because he doesn't want to be when things go really bad for the Celtics is when Mark Smart's like, I got this, mm-hmm. you know, here, here I go. Cause that's not, if you're a Knicks fan, that's what you want, right? Every, every shot he takes is one Tatum and Brown aren't taking. Yeah. Uh, so you want to be kind of careful now once every five, six games, that bites you in the butt because smart is making everything under the sun. And it's, you know, you're like, well, that's what it is. But again, that's a tip your cap and say, all right, good luck. See you next time. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, Funness to see the way they go. And then on the other end of the floor, uh, well, let me finish offense. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They'll attack Fournier too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they know he's not great on the move. Uh, the Knicks will have to uh, be, be kind of cautious with that. It's good that it sounds like they're going to have Mitchell Robinson yeah. from everything I've been reading. It sounds like Nor as well will be out, but having yeah, Robinson there to kind of be, be that bad back line guy mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of do that, that rim protection with Robinson is going to be big because, because they'll attack Fournier off the bounce with just about anybody in there. And what they're also going to do, which I think can make the Knicks uncomfortable is on the second unit. They're going to play a lot of dual point point guards mm. uh with with Schroeder and Pritchard, Pritchard together mm. and those two guys especially Schroeder they'll get downhill and that's they're going to force Fournier to guard in space and try to pick up a much smaller guy and that can get a little tricky for him at times and then on the other end Smart's just going to he, he's going to do what he does he's going to you know chase Ken Ball around he's going to beat him up a little bit when he's off the ball he's going to have to really work to 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 get his game going against Smart it's a uh, Marcus Smart early in the season and then late in the season. That's when he's at his best defensively. It's in the middle of the year when he's a little banged up that his defense will occasionally slip a little bit. But I think Smart feels good too, knowing he has Robert Williams back there that I can gamble a little bit more. I can go for some stuff that the past couple of years I kind of took out of my game because I didn't have my my bigs back there protecting the basket before me. 
And, and then you got the battle of the benches, man. You know, the Knicks bench, which has been their strength last year, I think it's going to be another one this year, led by Derrick Rose, quickly Burks, OB taking another step in, in his sophomore season, and then maybe Taj. But, you know, I thought the Celtics, when, when you talk about it, if you're talking about bringing Schroeder off the bench, Pritchard, um, they brought in Wancho Hernan Gomez, who knows how he plays. Naismith, I thought, played fairly well last year as well. I, th- I think the battle of the benches could could end up uh, determining the outcome of the game. Yeah, I think that's going to be a fun one, too. I, it's, I, I feel more uh, confident in the consistency of the Knicks bench. Yeah, I think same. Tibbs knows what he has every night with, with those guys. You know you're going to get a good game out of Derrick Rose. You know what Alec Burks is going to give you. You know what your bigs are going to give you there. Uh, where the Celtics, it's a little more hit or miss. It can be really good some nights, and that's generally when the team looks really good, and then there's some nights where it's it's not there. They're not making shots, and it gets messy. Now that's where having the vets helps because you've got guys like Schroeder. You've got uh, Josh Richardson's definitely going to play yeah. uh, for this team um, off the bench. You'd, you'd be surprised if he started, but I, I think he'll probably play uh, significant minutes off the bench. They, we all know what Cantor is at this point, um, but one thing he definitely is is you can still throw the ball to him in, in the paint, and he's going to get you buckets. He's you know that's probably never going to change uh, mm-hmm. for him. So yeah, they, I, I feel better about the Boston bench, but I certainly feel a lot more confident that I know what I'm getting out of New York's. Yeah, same here, man. And like I said, that's led by D. Rose, who uh, finished the preseason outstanding, man. His shot is is uh, is quite efficient, carrying over from last year. Uh, he was excellent playmaking, J.D. I, I think D. Rose is, is on par, is on pace for another outstanding there, probably even six-man-of-the-year uh, candidate. So the battle of the benches is going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and, you know, as Keith mentioned, I think, you know, when it relates to the Knicks, I think that's why, you know, in my opinion, the Knicks are set up to have an outstanding season pending, you know, health, because when you look at, you know, the depth of the Knicks compared to other teams in terms of the bench, you know, a lot of these other teams in the Eastern conference, they have, you know, some, some players and they have some unknown players. So a lot of teams are going into these games, relying a lot on their top players on their rosters. And meanwhile, the Knicks, on some nights, they may be able to, you know, take a game off from Kemba or, you know, or Derrick Rose and still be able to have enough depth to compete for 48 minutes on that night. So to me, the Knicks, you know, and in this matchup, the strength of the Knicks will be the bench. Um, and I think that's why Thibodeau, depending on how the Celtics play it out, whether they play small ball, you know, I think that one of my biggest takeaways from what Keith said earlier was the uh, possibility that the Celtics may play small ball well Tom Thibodeau last preseason game gave you Obi Toppin and Randall um at the four and the five so Tibbs will be able to adjust and manage but we'll see how you know how he uh, attacks game one yeah see see how quickly he goes to that I don't know man was that just a preseason gamble or, or will he actually try to do it in the regular season we'll, we'll see uh where, where Tibbs goes there uh so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys we're talking Knicks Celtics preview with Keith Smith NBA writer covers the Celtics for Celtics blog hit that thumbs up button hit that like button and make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel a um, couple more questions for you Keith uh, the cap outlook. So today it was announced that the Knicks picked up the um, the rookie uh, the rookie the final years of, of their rookie deal for R.J. Barrett, Manuel quickly, Obi Toppin as well. Um, what did you think about you know the the Knicks cap outlook? 
and and how they how they use that cap this year to bring back guys like Derrick Rose, Burks, Nerlens Noel, uh, signing Fournier, and and then uh, getting Julius Randle on a, on a team friendly deal. Yeah, I, this their last couple off seasons for the Knicks has been so impressive to me. I I thought last year the patience that they showed more than anything else showed it's a new new era yeah. here with this front office so mm-hmm. we we've all seen what's happened in the past with, with new york it's we're getting lebron okay we didn't get lebron but we're gonna Jeez. sign the you know seventh eighth and ninth best guys to <laughs> lebron kind of money and it's like what are we doing like Fact. that's not that's not that's how you end up in a mess um you know and then even the guys who were kind of okay it was like amari stoudemire and those knees i don't know about mm-hmm. that in that clearly didn't work out so great and in uh one of the most uh awful things anybody's ever said to me was when i called the joe kim noah contract one of the worst i'd ever seen uh on the day it was like officially signed and i had somebody uh really say not very nice things about me and my family and everything else and, and uh and it, the Knicks anecdote to that though man. is like two years ago i got an email and he's like you blocked me on twitter because i said this to you <laughs> And he's like, and I apologize because you were right. He was horrible. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I, I give the man a shut up. I blocked him for that. But, uh, nice. but yeah, it was. Um, I so this past off season, I think right. Everybody saw all that cap space. You know, we, there was a point where it looked like they might have seventy million in cap space, mm-hmm. and started dreaming kind of big. And and I think they read the market correctly. Of there ain't $70 million worth spending on one or two guys Excellent. out there. Just yeah. it, it was, And what I liked was you didn't hear, we're getting Kawhi. We're getting, you know, player X. We're getting this guy. We're, we're doing this. It, yeah. They would have tried to get a meeting with Giannis had he hit free agency, of course. Right. They would have tried to do that. But I think what they really did well was pivoting to, all right, we're not going to spend 35 million a piece on a couple guys. We're going to spend this money, but we're going to spread it around. And I think what they did was if you look at their cap sheet right now, there's not a bad contract on it. There's not one you're going to look at and be like, Oof, that, that's rough. Not even a couple years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I'm a believer that Julius Randle will, will be fine for the duration of that deal. So I think they protected themselves with, with bonus language in there, right? I think mm-hmm. almost every one of their deals came in a couple million lower per year yeah, than what yeah. it looked like because they did a really good job using bonuses in there. Mm. That's also how they fit all the deals in under the cap. Mm. Um, that's just a, just and now I'm going to cap nerd out for mm. a minute here. Is, is that a, um, is that a Brock Aller? Uh, uh, yeah, there? he, he's big on that. Um, I think that's something Leon Rose gets to from just from the agent side mm. is, you know, Hey, we, we can still win the press conference and the, the, the Woj bomb by saying, you know, player X gets a hundred million, but yeah, if it's really 90, like that's fine too. Mm. It's all, it's all good. You know, um, there in, in their bonuses aren't crazy ones either. It's not like it's, you know, a bunch of stuff tied to winning championships yeah. or averaging, you know, insane amounts of points or rebounds. They're all achievable things that guys can get to, but that's really smart cap management and they, they did a good job with that. And then on top of that, all the team options at the end um, with those, cause that's how you keep right. it from turning into a really bad deal. Because mm-hmm. if you hit that second it. year, it's starting to look a little sketchy for Fournier. Well, then you only have one more year left because the last one's a team option you can yeah. get out of it. And then kind of the, the, the cherry on top of the Sunday was Kemba. 
uh, working at that bio with OKC and uh, immediately I want to come home, right? I, I want to be there. And, and they, you know, were able to land him and they were able to land him with what I felt like was money that was probably going to go unused for the most part and just kind of sit and be, that was going to be their, their breaking case of emergency. Right. Right. Uh, fun sitting there at the, the end of the cap sheet, just, you know, all right, what do we need in season makes trades a little bit easier, but when you can get a guy like Kemba, even if he can only go 60 games, that's still going to be 60 pretty good games. Because yes. this team went from, what, about five minutes night of quality point guard play before the Derrick Rose minutes. trade last yes. year? Yes, to, yes. Yes, we, 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 we allow the Alfred Payton slander on this channel, so please, <laughs> yeah. yes. Hey, you're talking to the Orlando guy who was right. like, oh, they yeah. got worked in that trade by Sam Hankey because <laughs> they made it known they wanted him. So the Sixers took him, even though they had no interest yep. at yeah. all. And then Orlando got him. And I was like, this guy's never going to work. He won't shoot. You know, and uh, it's like, I don't, I, it's right. We all bag on Ben Simmons all the time because Ben Simmons won't shoot the ball. But at least Ben Simmons is elite yeah. rebounder, passer, and defender, and he's yeah. six foot 10. The thing with Ben Simmons is he's just playing kind of the wrong position. But give me a point guard that's a point guard size that won't shoot, and I'm going to show you an offense that's probably not going to be very good. Uh, So, yeah, so we we don't need to beat up on EP anymore. Now what they've got between Kemba, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, if you need him, can slide over and play some point. Uh, They run so much of the offense to Randall anyway. You can kind of get a little bit funky there if you need to with those positions. You've got 48 minutes of quality point guard play yep. now, and Kemba's going to be a be a big part of that. And I think too, because of the presence of Rose, Rose is going to play his 24 minutes a night. I don't think Kemba's going to play much more than 24 minutes a night either. I think those two guys yeah. are going to split it. I'm a massive Emmanuel Quickly guy. He was one of my favorite guys coming into that draft. I have this thing for guards who rebound, mm. and I I love the way he gets after the rebounds for for a little guy. Um, and then of course his shooting is so good too. Mm. It just bums me out a little bit that he's getting squeezed out of those on-ball point guard reps, but he's still going to play and play off the ball, so he just yeah. has to make do with the secondary creator uh, looks that he's going to get. But, but yeah, they, they, they did really well this offseason. They protected themselves long-term. The team options for Barrett, Toppin, and Quickly, complete no-brainers. Those are always going to all be picked up. They won't have cap space next year, but that's okay because they've got a pretty good team. So now it's, yeah. now it's about kind of sustaining and now now it gets really interesting for leon rose and crew in the front office because now it's 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 not easy when you have cap space but it's easy to sell that to the fans of hey we've got this this is what we're going to do now it gets to how do you go from a lot of teams go from bad to to good how do you go from good to great that's way harder that's a much, it, it, it can be a smaller step, but yeah. making that small step is like impossible. I had, I had a good, good friend of mine who works in the front office say, that's like climbing the last little bit of Everest. You got mm-hmm. nothing left. It's really hard. It's really impossible. But when you pull it off, it's all worth it because you got there to the top. And that, that's it. You're, you're, you've got it. That's what they've got to nail now. Yeah. Now you're, you're good. How do you get to be great? but they're positioned with flexibility. Every single one of those contracts is tradable. Mm-hmm. If Damian Lillard becomes available and he wants to go to the Knicks, they can easily get in that sweepstakes because they've got all their picks. They can package that stuff together. You've got some interesting young guys that they could throw into a trade. And then you still you still have enough left behind to, to still be a quality team because you're sitting there on a yeah. bunch of those mid-range deals. And that's important because what I feel like has happened to the Knicks in the past is 
it would be we went out and got the guy, but we traded everything mm-hmm. to go get mm-hmm. the guy. Like that's Carmelo, right? It took yeah. so long to get good, and then by the time they were good, it was like it would that last season, two seasons yeah. maybe, and then it just kind of all no longevity. So there, yeah, exactly. They're set yeah. up well long term um, to go a lot of different directions, and that's what this is about. Unless you're the Lakers, where you know, hey, we can. We're the Lakers. We can reload this thing every two seasons if we need to. Um, or you're the Bucks and you've got Giannis or the Mavs and you have Luka. Unless you've got that guy that you can do that with, your best bet is to be as good as you can right now, which is what they're doing, but keep all your flexibility and options open moving forward. You can be over the cap and do things through trades, or they can, in a couple of years, if it's not working out, they can get right back into the cap space derby and play that. Yeah, and and you're right. I, I love the approach that they took this year because for me, there really wasn't a guy that I was you know desperate to have. Now, CK's a Lonzo guy. He 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 was he was Lonzo <laughs> all day. Definitely yeah. wanted Lonzo, and and I wouldn't have minded the, the Lonzo uh, Lonzo deal potentially, but I just felt like this was the right thing to do. You know, keep it running, keep it consistent, some stability, and I, I think this approach for me is going to depend on the overall growth of their young players. And I think what they're trying to say is they're going to emphasize player development through having quality vets that can help this team win and and boost the, these young players overall, make these young players better. And so even even with the quickly thing, like you said, you know, you, you, you kind of hate that they're taking the on-ball reps away from I, I agree with that, but also, you know, he has time to kind of ease into that. Yep. You know, and, and it seems like from a summer league through preseason, they've been emphasizing that with him. And I think it'll be important because their ability with, with Rose and Kemba will certainly come into question during this 82-game stretch. So Quickly's development as an on-ball point guard, I, I think, is going to be crucial. And then, you know, you still have Burks as, as a, uh, in, a, in an emergency role. So, yeah, I, well, I, I think agree with, with you. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but I think with Quickly, too, I mean, what Kemba and Rose are probably going to play 60 games ish, mm-hmm. right? Each mm-hmm. probably is what that's probably around there at this point in their careers and just with their injury history and all that. And in the Knicks are in a position where you need them healthy in the springtime. Uh, that, that, that's, you know, yeah. more important. Now that's kind of anti Tibbs, right? He's not necessarily that guy, but I think he also learned. I don't need to push these guys when they're not ready anymore. Like that's, that's kind of how things went South on me in Chicago and Minnesota. So I, hopefully he's learned and, and, and yeah, and that's how quickly we'll also get, he's going to get his 20 games. Yeah, embrace the depth. Play. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll work through those guys with that. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? It's, it's Twitter. So we all make the same stupid jokes and think we're really original and funny and it's not, <laughs> but I mean, right. We've all made the Tibbs bulls jokes of yeah. you know, getting, you know, getting the band back together. But Taj Gibson, why he's there is because you can – it wouldn't surprise me if he starts opening night, right? Because yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of right. what they've been doing. He's a guy who can start for you, give you – he's only going to play 15, 20 minutes at most. But he's going to play 15, 20 minutes, be fine. And then when Robinson and Noel are healthy, he's going to be perfectly fine to not play for 20 games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just kind of you know be there as the depth guy. And then one of those guys you know, rolls an ankle and is out for two games – He's right back in there and he does his thing and you know, and that's, that's what you need out of those guys. That's what you need out of those veteran guys. And too, too many teams try to hit that home run at the end of their bench. And then it turns into that guy's just, you know, cranky because he's not getting any minutes. He's not getting any run and he starts getting upset and you got, you got to 
get get there with the the right kind of veterans who know you know what this is all about. And if mm-hmm. and if Derek Rose has a night where Tibbs is like, hey, I'm going to give you the night off tonight. I'm going to play quickly in the backup point guard role. I don't think Derek Rose is going storming into Leon Rose's office and be like, this guy's yeah. a jerk and get me out of here. These they got guys a good get it room. at this point. And that's yeah, that that it's really smart to have those kind of veterans because those are the guys who help build it up. Because I think it got a little forgotten. This is still a pretty young team. There's mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of dudes yeah. that are still just kind of still fi- finding their way. Even Julius Randle is still kind of a, a younger guy and yeah. still, you know, figuring this stuff out, figuring out how to be a leader and all those kind of things. True, true indeed, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're talking to Keith Smith of Celtics blog, previewing the Knicks versus Celtics Wednesday night matchup. We are two days away. We got over 1,100 people in the chat. Hit that like button. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, last question, Keith. Um, my guy JD here, he has uh, coined the phrase 50-burger. Because he believes that the Knicks will win 50 games. Uh, Knicks going undefeated in the preseason has, uh, you know, churned out some sort of euphoria amongst the <laughs> fan base. Now you see burger emojis flying around the chat, flying around Twitter. You know, it's burgers all over the place. The, fan, the fans <laughs> are jumping out the window on this. Vegas has us at uh, the over under 41 games. Where do, you, where do you go there? Are you going over or are you going under 41 wins? I'm going to split the difference on you, J.D. I'm going over, but I, I can't go all the way to 50. Where are you going? I, I, I think they're probably going to be somewhere in the 43 to 45 range. Okay. I, uh, I said 46. But yeah, I said 46. 47. Yeah, I, I just think the rest of the East got so good this year. You don't have those walk into a game in mid-January and just walk out with a win just because you're a little bit better anymore. There's really only two of those left in the East. That's Orlando, Orlando. and um, Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And – Maybe Cleveland. Cleveland's trying, right? At least mm-hmm. we can say that for them. They're probably still going to be pretty bad, but they're trying to be be good. Mm-hmm. So that that to me is where it gets a little bit harder to stack wins than it used to be in the East. Now somebody will fall apart, right? The wheels will come off on some team, and yeah. they won't be very good. But, so you'll be able to pick up wins there. And, and I, I kind of think there's a chance I can be Toronto. Um, I just think if Toronto is in a position where they realize all right, we're not making the playoffs. I think they're gonna real quick. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of uh, yeah, his back sore. You know, get a, get a little bit of a sore knee, and they're gonna be missing games. And then every other veteran who's not part of the long term is gonna be playing somewhere else by the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to to just pile up those easy wins in the East. It's not the way it was. And I think for me, Milwaukee and Brooklyn are clearly the class of the conference. I don't think it's really close. I think they're on a, a tier of their own. And then I think you can give me of the next, I want to say six teams in the East, give me almost any order. Yeah. And I, I'll buy it. It's, uh, I'll go with five teams because I'll say it's Boston, New York, Miami, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. Almost any order you can convince me of there. And I'm, I'm not going to fight you too hard on it because I think they've all got good things going for them. They've all got some things where it could, you know, maybe slide. I think what the Knicks. I'm seeing too many people say things like, well, it was a fluke. They they came out of nowhere last year. It was a weird season, all that stuff. Well, that's all true. And let's say some of that does regress back to the mean. 
and then you see that kind of natural regression, they improve the talent though. depth. Yeah. So that should make up for that. So that's why I don't see this major drop off to being a team. That's a 30 win team again, or anything like that, or a team that's uh, someone has to fall into the play in just because there's too many good teams in the East now, which sounds so weird after decades of being like, do, do we have to bring these last yeah, yeah. to the postseason? <laughs> we just skip around like you do on 2k. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is, you know, it's that, that's, that's why I'll kind of couch it a little bit with that part of its stuff, but they're, they're not going to be bad. Like I think I'm seeing too many people kind of there. I feel like that's a force to, yeah. to pick, pick the team that might be bad. And I think that's kind of going cheap. Um, just, just looking at it and saying, well, it's the Knicks and they 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 were fluke last year. I think that's just taking the easy way out versus actually trying to dive in and do a little bit of analysis on it. Yeah, and I'm not playing to the home crowd here. I promise. Those, those are my. my yeah, it's all points. good. All good, man. <laughs> on, it, this is Knicks fan TV at the end of the day. But no, I I, I agree with you, man. And and CK, as he said, I, I think it's the Nets and the Bucks at the top, and then you know the rest of the East. There's a lot of parity there, man. There, there's a For lot sure. of parity, but you know that's why I'm going with 46, and hopefully you know six in the East, maybe fifth. But but that that's where I'm going, man. I know JD, you don't like that, man. But that, that's where I'm going. That, and the chat, the chat's like JD, tell him why it's fifty, man. Tell him why it's fifty. But yeah, I mean JD, go ahead, make your argument because I'm with, I'm with uh, CP on this. I I I, I like forty seven. Um, I, I I have them sitting at five. Um, but Keith brings up a great point, man. I think that you can mix and match however you want from. Uh, I, I guess maybe three down, and mm. he, I wouldn't argue with you too much. If if you have the Knicks a little too low, then we're gonna have to, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. Them. But you know, I, I hear what you're trying to say. But yeah, I, I, JD, I need you to uh, to let Keith know about this uh, this whole fifty piece movement. Right, Chat so, wants, wants you to do it. So 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 Keith, he, he, here's why. First of all, I think CP's taking the safe route. You know, he's taking the safe route. It's safe to Bro, say. Bro, I got 46. PTSD, man. I have no choice, man. It's, I, I have no choice, man. Things are going too well for us right now. It, it's a sweet. It's a sweet number. They go forty-five. I was close enough. They go forty-seven. Oh, so it, it's a it's a great number. And I actually, I actually, yeah, I actually do think if if um if you have a lot of injuries, that's probably where closer. 43 to 46 where they land. Here's why I think they'll push 50. You you talked about uh you talked about it, Keith, in terms of number one, the Knicks bench. I think they have you can make an argument they have the best bench in in the East. It doesn't mean they have the best team, but you can make an argument they have the, the deepest team. So that's number one. Um number two, when we look at the other Eastern Conference teams and we look at the tiers that they will be competing against, everybody likes to talk about what the Knicks questions are in terms of Kemba's health and Derrick Rose. These other teams have question marks too. When you look at the Miami Heat, what happens if Kyle Lowry gets hurt? Who's the backup point guard? Guess what? Kemba gets hurt. The Knicks have Derrick Rose. Kyle Lowry gets hurt. Who is the backup point guard for the Miami Heat? What happens with Jimmy Butler? You know, they are a team that's hyped up a lot. And if healthy, I think they'll be elite. But when I look at, you know, teams like the Celtics, teams like the Heat, um, you know, the Pacers, when you look at the the roster construction of those teams, once they miss any of those top guys, we don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers. Then what happens when your depth is tested in an 82-game season? In combination with the fact that I don't think there's a coach in the Eastern Conference that will coach every single game like Tom Thibodeau. I mean, this is a guy that coached the preseason as if the season started. He played a center 
that there's debate whether he had a setback with his foot, in, uh, foot injury, Mitchell Robinson. He came back, he played him 27 minutes after he just said before that <laughs> said he's, he's going to get his get feet his wet, feet wet <laughs> and he's going to be limited, and he plays him 27 minutes. I just well, think that's a lot that, of water, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I just think that in an 82 game season where a lot of teams like the Heat with Spolstra and some of these other players, uh, maybe with Embiid, with Doc Rivers, these guys are going to be load managed. And there's, that doesn't exist with, with, with Tom Thibodeau. I even think Kemba may push 26, 27 games. He's been saying all the right things. I don't think he's going to play 82 games. But I just think Tom Thibodeau will steal enough wins in the course of 82 games. They'll win some games they're not supposed to because he just coaches so hard. He's consistent. And I think that'll be enough. And he proved it last year. I mean, last year's roster, they needed every single piece of that roster to get to where they even got to because they were offensively challenged and Alfred Payton was at point guard. This season, having more weapons, again, barring health, Mm -hmm. and then having what I think was a solid rookie uh, draft class, he has more depth, more weapons, and I think that'll be enough to propel him to a 50-win season. But I know I'm on the high end, and it's it's a lot of ifs, right? But I think all the other teams in the East also face the same ifs. JD, man, I... I can't get to fifty, but I'll I'll, I'll lock him up a win or two because it's it's a. I've really been trying to get CP to go it's up fair, too. It's man. fair. It's fair. It's it's just my PTSD, really, man. It's just my PTSD. That's all, man. Really good point on the fact that they're not going to throw games away like some of those other teams will. Like mm. I, I'm not as high on the Miami Heat in the regular season as a lot of other people seem to be. I see a lot of people thinking they're third in the East in the regular season. Nice I just don't see it because they're playing for the playoffs. They're not playing to right. win a whole bunch of games and that. And they, right. they, they'll, they have no problem going into Charlotte on a Tuesday in early February and tossing a game away because what difference does it make to them if that's what's good in the long run? Well, you're right. The Knicks aren't wired that way. They, they're going to go in there trying to win every single game that they they play and that 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 is different right that that is especially in the nba now you you definitely don't have, have those kind of things and it's i mean i i always think, think about with tibbs if if you cannot uh, mitchell robinson we're gonna use feet when we're gonna play him near 30 minutes it's uh if you can walk you can play and it's you, you better be out there and <laughs> yeah. you know, give, give me what you can give yeah. me because you know otherwise don't you know you, you better come uh, in into this locker room on crutches and even then I might look down and be like how's the next guy feeling and you know all right he's a little worse off so get get out there yeah I I'm with you JDI that that's that's a pretty convincing argument why they're gonna steal you know a few wins that they might otherwise not have gotten. And the burgers are once again flying throughout the chat. <laughs> JD lays it down. <laughs> They're loving them, man. They're loving it, man. They're loving They're it. Loving them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, man. But, but Keith, we, we definitely appreciate the time. That This was a great segment. Hope, hope you come back and join us uh, as the season progresses, man. This, this was a, a great segment with you. And uh, Knicks versus Celtics, man. Kicking off October 20th, Wednesday night at MSG. Looking forward to it. Keith, best of luck to you, man. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. It's really cool. I was able to check out a lot of your stuff. You guys do great work. It's it's a lot of fun. I can tell you have some fun with this stuff. And that, it's it, it, man. I say all the time, the Knicks fans deserve this. I, I can't. My my single wish for this NBA season, uh, beyond the normal things like I want everybody to be healthy. I want it to be a great season. Mm-hmm. I want Kemba to hit a game winner on that oh, snatchback. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. pull up jump shot Vintage. in the garden and watch that play six point, yeah. man. I just, I, I need it. I, I need that to happen. Just <laughs> maybe not on Wednesday night. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I, another, I was just going to say, maybe it happens Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, but you know what? Hey, don't tell any of the Celtics fans this. If it happens on Wednesday night, I'll have a little bit of a smile. So all the best to you guys. I'm, sure. I'm excited for what, One more, just, uh, just drop your Twitter handle and, and uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. I tweet a lot, so be forewarned. Uh, it's not for everybody, but it's you know that's what I do. Uh, you can find my written work all sorts of places. If anybody for any reason wants Celtics covered, uh, Celtics blog, I will have a piece up on Thursday morning. It's I call it the ten takeaways. Um, so there'll be some Knicks stuff in there because that's who they're playing. It's always about the prior night's game uh, on that, and then then a lot of stuff there. You can find cap stuff if you're interested in that. That's probably what I'm most known for mm-hmm. around the NBA. Uh, uh, spot track is where where i do most of that work and then mm-hmm. we have our own show a uh, youtube show and podcast called nba front office show my mm-hmm. guy trevor lane and it's i great break down all the latest news and rosters and all that kind of stuff and we have a lot of fun uh over there nerding out about the stuff that, that we get passionate about with the nba Keith, thanks again man i appreciate y'all thank you so much good uh, luck this year all right that was keith smith of celtics blog hit that thumbs up button for you boys Great segment. Thanks again, Keith. Knicks basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Knicks tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So go to TickPick.com slash TV today and use the promo code TV to save $10 off on your first order. Man, you guys already know I'm circling Knicks versus Hawks Christmas Day at Madison Square Garden and I know TickPick already has me covered. So go to TickPick.com slash TV and use the promo code TV to save $10 off your first order. I got some super chats coming in. My guy Charlie sending super chats. Charlie's coming through to the opening night party. He says, we too deep. Charlie sends a $20 super chat. Says, we too deep. 50 wins. I'm hype." Hashtag lock up Esteban. I thought Esteban was free, bro. Last time you sent the super chat, you said Esteban was, yeah. was out of the bing. I thought we settled it. Oh man, Esteban's got to stay out of trouble. He, he he just you know he's going crazy over yeah. those Knicks, man. He's going ape over those Knicks, man. 
You know what I mean? But shout shout out to Charlie for sure. But let me let me uh, let's get to the phones real quick, fellas. All right, got you guys in here. All right, to the phones we go. Let's go with um, Jay from St. Louis. Let's go to the Lou. Jay, what's going on? What it is, fellas? How you feeling, man? CK. Jay, what it is? Much love to y'all, man. Yes, sir. Let's Same go. to you, man. Hey, real quick, everybody hit that thumbs up. Let's not forget, this is business for us, Hit man. that like we, button, we, man. We, we, like just had, we just had a great guest. We got 1,100 people in here. Let's get up to 1,000 likes right now. Hit that like button. Let's go. Might work. Might work. Yeah, yeah, we coming. We coming from the middle of the map, man. Yep. Hey, real quick, I'm going to be honest with you. We, we win in this game against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my St. Louis folk, he definitely going to put up that 40-piece because of the garden. Yeah, that's, that's the amazing. word on the block. So I'm just, yeah, Jason, Jason Tatum from St. Louis, man, can't forget that. Hey, he 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 gonna he gonna do that. I'm you know I I've seen him work this summer. I work in one of the most important gyms in St. Louis, and yeah, he 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 looks crispy. Like the man said, KD like is is it's like that. So uh, much respect for him though. But back to our Knicks. Um, I'm, I'm respecting us to be top three, man. I, I told JD and I told 2K, man. This. Look, I, I give us top three. I'm not giving us no numbers. I'm not giving up none of that. We, we top three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like JD said, we, we got everything to match up, especially with the bench. Um, and it, I, I think Juju can be MVP for us. You know, Julius Randle, he, he can do that for us. If he's a 29, 10, and, and 7 guy um, for us, and, and we top three, I, I think that would be great for us. You know, I think that would be great for him. You know, to prove that we, we are the <clears throat> franchise. Um, along with being top three, Mitch has to be healthy. Yeah. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, it, that plays a big part. You know, um, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes. I don't think he'll ever be in the 30s, not until possibly the second half of the season. But, mm-hmm. you know, 27, 28 a night, um, him working with Taj, that's lovely, you know. Uh, getting that experience, that, that veteran presence around, you know, Jericho and the other young guys that, that, that'll work for us. Um and another thing I want to bring up is, you know, what's R.J. Wendell for us? You know, and um, C.P., I said this before, you know, I, I give him the Brad Wendell, you know. Um, Brad had about five years till he really started, you know, peaking. I told you, you know, that stats are pretty much, you know, comparable, you know, how they both came out, it, you know, what they did their first two years and things like that. Um, I give him that window to where, you know, it can stretch to five, you know, years to where he may not become that, you know, 20-point score until then, you know. So I think guys will really be, you know, understanding that that it may be a little bit longer. But I think if you can step it up on the defensive end, like you guys were explaining before, you know, that 3-D guy, um, he can take over in that level for us and, and definitely be maybe our, our third option type of guy. Because um, I think Julius Randle end up being the two guy if we find an out, you know, one. So that would be great for us. Um, and I, I – <laughs> I'm behind you on the, the CP with you know the Alex Burke thing. Um, he be hot, man. It's it's just like it's like every four games, every five yeah. games out of the year. Don't forget I, I, my guy Burks, do man. You know? Don't forget my guy he, Burks. You know, yeah, Burke, yeah, yes. Burke and Bag is like that, yeah. man. You know, whoever came with the name, you're silly, man. You're real silly, yeah. but yeah, it, I, I think he's like that for us. You know, quick, you know, quick, Jim. You know, he from the Mo too. I got to see yeah. him in high school. Uh, let's let's just say he gave Brad that work. We gonna leave it at that. So, uh, okay. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that playoff, you know, type of routine. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, him coming off that bench and, and being that, that seven guy for us, you know, when our uh, point guards are not having it, you know, out there, um, he can be somebody that can just come in and light it up for us. Yeah. If that's the case with him and um, him and Quick, you know, doing that thing, you know, I, I appreciate that, you know. But 
man, I think Obi can really do some things that, you know, it, he really looks crispy out there. He looks like he took advantage of this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, man. Coming from the middle of the map, I love Let's you go. guys. Keep it up. I got the YouTube going crazy at work. Let's Keep go. Pushing, y'all. Appreciate it, Jay. Stay safe out there, man. Good to hear from you as usual, man. Good to hear from you. Thanks. That was Thanks. Jay from the Lou calling in. Gave us his his concerns, his thoughts on the preseason. Call us up, man, 657-383-1509 or the Knicks Fan TV Discord. Let us know your final preseason thoughts. Do you have any bold predictions? Do you have any concerns? Any Anything you want to talk about, let's, let's get it in. We are two days away from uh, uh, the Knicks season opener, man. Two days away, man. J.D., J.D., go ahead, bro. I mean... I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for Wednesday, man. Yeah. I can't wait for Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, everyone is excited. Man. You know, you, you, you can feel, <laughs> you feel the energy. It's just yeah. like, it's just people writing in the chat, but yeah, I feel it on the screen. Like yeah. everyone is so pumped for the, for the game. And, um, you know, I saw you smirk a little bit CP when, mm-hmm. uh, when I said, Obi Randall. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as if, as if you don't think that's going to happen now, I, I probably don't think as well. But listen, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Celtics go small ball, mm-hmm. as Keith mentioned, and Tatum is playing the four, mm-hmm. and Brown is playing the three, and Robert Williams is playing the five. What do you what do you do in the in in, in the course of a, the, the the duration of the game if Randall has to play Tatum? You know, like yeah. do you that, that, will, do you tough, think man. Tibbs will go? You know, with the traditional lineup, because Noel's already out, yeah. right? No, no. And then, and then Mitch, you don't know how many minutes Mitch is going to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he extended him in preseason, I think, to kind of catch him up and get him in game shape. So mm-hmm. does, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, Thibodeau, at, you know, adjusts mm-hmm. and matches up to the Celtics style or in terms of putting Randall at the five and either putting RJ at the four to match up with Tatum. Uh, yeah, I think you could do that too. I think you could do that too, bro. Right, and I think and that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. And I think that's why Grimes got some minutes because if when you do go small, you can maybe bring a Grimes in, get a little spot minutes at the three. Yeah. Um, depending on how Fournier's playing, maybe you play, you know, Rose at the two. I think and, and, so it'll be interesting to see how Tibbs matches up because yeah. not only if the Celtics go small, not only could there be a matchup problem, but they're they become more athletic because yeah, you have yeah. Tatum and Brown, and Brown with Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah. That's an athletic that's, that's matchup problem, to, to play. Uh, uh, a Noel, yeah. which he's not playing, but to even you know maybe ask Taj Gibson, like I, I just think it'll be interesting to see, and I think um, you know the the Ob Randall thing or Randall at the five, mm-hmm. I, I I think I'll just be interested to see how much Thibodeau will adjust to these small lineups yeah. that I think teams yeah. will attack the Knicks with, because don't think that these other teams don't know that you know the Knicks are looking to have 48 minutes of rim protection with Noel and Mitch. Right. Some teams are going to look to kind of test Thib- uh, Thibodeau and see, let's go small, let's see if Thibodeau adjusts, take one of these centers out and allow us to attack their perimeter and attack the basket. True, true story. CK, what, what do you think about that? I'll, before I get my thoughts, what do you think about uh, – I think he's going to get tested right away, man. I, I think Udoka may test him in that first game and going with Tatum at the four. I really do. Yeah, just listening to Keith, that that was my initial thought. I I, I definitely think that he's just going to go straight with putting Tatum at the four. 
put his new build to test, um, especially in the night like uh, like like against us on Wednesday, mm-hmm. where you know go up against a guy like Julius Randle. I mean, he is a, a definitely a strong guy. His defense has uh, definitely improved. But uh, if there's any time to you know try it out and see uh, when it will work, I think that's the time. Um, and to JD's point, uh, it, it's gonna be. I would love to see. I would love to see mm-hmm. uh, Tibbs go out there and and, and throw out that Obi Randall tandem first game of the season. But I, it, to, I just, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I can see RJ dropping down matchup wise more so, and maybe yeah. Julius at the five before uh, Obi and uh, Randall. Tandem, unless Obi. Obi, yeah, unless Obi's having a tremendous game and he's playing like how he did in that fourth preseason game, defensively yeah. and offensively, then we'll see. But. Uh, matchup wise, I think he's going to try to do whatever he can to keep RJ on Tatum. But I, I'm not. I'm also not sleeping on Randall getting some um, defensive stops or defensive uh, uh, chances against Tatum. I'm not sleeping yeah, on that. I I wouldn't, yeah, I would. I wouldn't that. discredit that either. I wouldn't discredit yeah. that either because Julius has shown the foot speed to be able to keep up, and uh, and he's a bit more svelte this year. I think Tibbs will try that first. But as you said, JD, you could go like let's say if the Celtics went smart, Richardson. Brown, Tatum, Williams, right? You know, you could counter with Kemba. Can you go Kemba? You know, maybe, maybe <laughs> your boy Burks in a small lineup. Yeah, maybe, maybe you maybe. go Burks. My guy Burks was on his defensive bag in the preseason, all right? Maybe you go Burks. And maybe you go Fournier, RJ, Julius. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to happen, but maybe you go yeah, there. Yeah, not if Williams is out there. I don't know yeah. if that's happening. But, 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 <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I think Schro- I think Schroeder is an important matchup Schroeder. in this game because, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people may be down on him because of the way he ended his Lakers season, but at nah. the end of the day, this is a new season. He's motivated, and yeah. he's a good player. Um, yeah. And his strengths are actually going to be yeah. some of the things gonna that gonna the Knicks are going to have to contend with. Yeah. All 100%. season. I and saw it's people why... in the chat talking about Schroeder as a bum. Like, well, you know, the things that he does, it's, it's, right. it's going to put some pressure on his defense regardless. He's a scrappy player. Um, he likes to get under other players' skin. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I also think long term, uh, because we may not see the maximum uh, to start the season as Mitch Robinson gets into a game shape. Mm-hmm. That's why I think Mitch Robinson is such a tough decision long term for the Knicks because mm-hmm. when – the way Thibodeau likes to play, having Mitchell Robinson at the center position allows Thibodeau to play however he wants defensively because even if you're playing against a smaller lineup, you can switch up. You can change your scheme and, and just switch everything and still have confidence yeah. that Mitch Robinson can defend, you know, a four or even a three just for a possession yeah. because of his ability to recover, his On athletic the ability. Right. So, Which is why I don't think he bails. He, like as CK said, he may not bail from that side lineup even if they go small. You know? We'll so, so chess, man. Chess games. It's going to be very that's, interesting that's matchup, bro. Be. That's all it's going to be for sure. Yeah. 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 If they were playing the Lakers, it would be much more easy. Yeah, much because easier. Because it's very traditional. Yeah, yeah. Like right. The way they're playing. Right, right. But I think that's what makes the opening night so much more fun is because you're playing a team that it's, quote unquote, in that tier that people are debating. Um, you're playing a good team. Mm-hmm. You're playing a storied franchise. Yeah. Um, you're playing at the Garden. And you're playing also a team that has a lot to prove and has a lot of pressure to get off to a fast start, you know, being from what the offseason they had and some of the decisions that they make. So and it's, it's going to be a fun opener. And yeah. then the whole yeah. Kemba, yeah. 
you know, Fournier, all those storylines mm-hmm. in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a good test because the majority of the East is going to be playing that way, where they're going to be playing a lot more smaller lineups. Mm-hmm. The same heat we're talking about, those Bulls we were talking about earlier on the show, Hawks, all these teams have those smaller lineups where – just like on Wednesday, we're going to be having to play chess and figuring out when we can use New Orleans and when we can't, when we can use Mitchell and when we can't. Yeah. So I, I think that Wednesday is going to be a perfect test to start off the season. It's going to be fun. You know, his other thing, CP, mm-hmm. five shows to cover. We got five yeah. to cover to uh, on Wednesday. Five shows. Five shows, man. Five shows. Yeah. It's gonna, and it's, it's going to be, be you know, it's going to be overreaction Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy, man. Uh, and just to give the people the, the lineup, so to everybody in chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we got an action pack next couple of days, man. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at uh, Quaker Ridge Golf Club with, with the Dick, Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. Uh, me and my guy, Jake Brown from, from New York Post Sports Podcast, will be on the ones and twos covering the event. We'll have some surprise interviews for you guys and taking some more of your phone calls on the series and and just a season as well. Wednesday, we're going to start off. I'll be on uh, SMY with, with Ian Begley at 4 p.m. Then we're going to do the pregame show live from Mustang Harry's in NYC. CPJD, Ian Begley will be joining us live there. So that's going to be big. Pumas is also going to be there. We're going to have some other surprise guests. And then uh, then we'll do another pregame show from MSG around, say, 7.15. We'll do the halftime show on Knicks Fan TV. We'll do the outside Knicks fan TV after dark from MSG. <laughs> and then we'll do, go to post game live. CK and Ashley will, will kick us off, taking your phone calls. And then, uh, and then me and JD will jump back in once we get to, uh, get to the final destination, man. So it's going to be an action packed evening on Knicks fan TV. Make sure you guys hit that uh, subscribe button and the notification bell. So you don't miss anything. All right, so let's get to a couple more calls, and then we'll, we'll do our season predictions and uh, wrap up. I see Ari in the chat. Ari, we'll close with you. Let's go to Tom from Huntington. Tom, how you feeling, man? Uh, first of all, you guys do a fantastic job. I just have to throw that out there. Thank you, man. Uh, Thank secondly, you. I got a new phone. I don't know if you could tell. Oh, yeah, much much, uh, much better than the CB radio, Tom. Much better than the CB before. radio. <laughs> yeah, no more CB. Yeah, exactly. And it came down to either pay the light bill or a new phone bill. I said, you know what? Let me get a new phone because with the LED light, that's it. From you know the uh, the, the manscape, I said, you know what? I can afford this. <laughs> that's right. But that's I just right. want to throw out there real quick. Um, you guys, like I said, I'm excited. Wednesday is almost here. Mm-hmm. 53 wins this year. Let's go. Let's not worry about the little things, gentlemen. Uh, it's going to be a good year. I have that feeling. So. Rap, like I always, rapid fire. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Keep doing the good work, and I'll definitely uh, enjoy this new phone and uh, and this great year <laughs> we're going to have ahead of us. All right, thanks again. Thanks, thanks a care. lot, Tom. Tom, rapid fire, man. O- oh, always appreciate the call, Tom. Val from Jersey. Val, what's going on, bro? How, how you fellas doing? Good, man. How you feeling, Val? Good, good. I just have something quick. Yeah. Usually, Tiff has a tight. Specifically, I want to speak about a big man. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know Tibbs has big men from Patrick Ewing, Joe Kim Noah, to Carlos Towns that average double-doubles. Mm-hmm. Currently, there's a big man in Phoenix that's going through something. Mm-hmm. He's very durable. He averages 18 he and 12 eight. in he the West. Eight. Imagine what he'll do in the West. Yeah. What's your thoughts about that? Let me know. Who are you trying to trade? Who are you, who are you trading for Aiton? All right, so look now, this is what I, I don't I, my second trade is gonna be controversial. I'm gonna get a bunch of tomatoes, but my first trade is like <laughs> I will simply give them maybe one young player like quickly and like I don't know, Burks or somebody in the well. 
But my second trade, I, I'm going to get a bunch of tomatoes and I'm yeah. ready to get it. I'm willing to move Julius Randle so he can play with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and give me Aiton and a bunch of picks. And then we can start OB, Aiton, RJ, and yeah, and go forward with there. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> thanks, for, thanks for the call, It's a tip type. It's a tip type. Thanks for the call, Val. He was always he was always a good call, man. I always like to hear from Val, man. I I gotta do it, man. I'm sorry, man. We we gotta we gotta send him to send him send him to the dial tone right now. We gotta cancel. I was we waiting for it. I was point, waiting for man. someone to bring it up. The minute I saw that report, yeah. I'm like, you know what they're gonna do. Somebody did about. hit me up today too about that the whole I hit you, I hit you up. Oh, it was you. It was you. It was <laughs> if I sent you the screenshot, that's right. My, that's friend, right. my friend was like, hey, uh Mitch for Aiden? And oh, I'm just like, oh, no, I mean, it's very interesting um, to see that the Suns uh, didn't give yeah, him the bag. You know, it's very interesting. Something um, to watch, though. Something I will to say. watch. Something to watch because CP3 is not 23. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you saw how that team was pre CP3. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of talk in the past. Devin Booker linked to the Knicks. Who's mm-hmm. that next star that's going to be here? You know, just saying, and you and you, you see that Phoenix owner, his reputation of being, you know, oh, very, very, you know, Robert Sauber being very cheap. Yeah. Let's see how it does. Aiden take this personal. You know, just say it. You never know in the future. Ah, I mean that that's just not where I want to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's just not where I want to go when I'm team building. I don't, I don't like to invest that much. I'm yet. referring to Devin Booker, not even. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I said it's, it's a situation to watch. Yeah, for the sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Sure. Um, the, let me check on the chat. Are the tomatoes flying? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you're gonna oh, see. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's all red. Mm-hmm. The chat is yep. bleeding right now, Val. Bleeding. Yep. <laughs> they run out of tomatoes. I mean, they throw on broccoli, bro. They throw on everything. Charlie says it's a super chat. He says, hang up. <laughs> <laughs> he also said the super chat. He says, we shut down the city again on Wednesday. Can't wait. Let's go, Dicks. Yeah, gonna be interesting to see, man. If we get a W, the Knicks fan TV after dark, I don't know, man. We're gonna have to. That's gonna be we're gonna have to climb up to the Verizon Tower somewhere, yeah. man, because <laughs> it, it's gonna be crazy. It, it's gonna be crazy, it, man. It'll be a, it'll be a good way to start off the season because yeah. hey, it's a it, sure. it, it'll be noted as a quality win. Yeah, it'll be a quality sure. win. Sure, a- absolutely, man. Against a team that uh, you figure we're, we're gonna be you know neck and neck with all season. So even even though it's the first game of the year. It's going to be an important game, man. I, I talked about the importance of the tiebreakers even last year when we got swept by the Heat and sweeping the Hawks. You know, those games mattered. So, um, going to be interesting again. Shout out my guy, Michael Parker. He's coming through Wednesday night. Sends a super chat. He says, salute, Knicks Nation. Salute to the chat. One time for the mods. Who's going to be in the building on opening night? Let's go. If you're going to be in the building on opening night, uh, type in a hashtag me. If you're going to be in the building opening night, type in hashtag me. Let us know. Steven Goldman sends a chat, sends a super chat. He says, thumbs up for your boys. Let's go 50 burger. Junior Caroma sends a super chat. He says, salute CP, the Don, JD, and CK2K. Next season couldn't have started at a more perfect time, just in time to save us from the Giants disaster. <laughs> Oof. Eesh. Don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, man. Well, let's get, let's get sure? back to the phone. No, 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 I'm skipping. I'm, I'm sure? skipping. I'll, I'll listen. I'll, let's get back I'll... to the phones. Ice, ice water was good, man. How you feeling? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? Chill, chill, man. How you doing? Everybody. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um. You know the 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 gentleman that you just had on your guest. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot his name. I'm Keith, sorry, Keith but, Smith. Keith. Uh, Keith. Yeah. Let me tell you, man. It's about time somebody started talking about. I mean, 
Ben Simmons, everybody's talking about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons won't shoot. It's a problem. And, you know, then we had a dude like Burt Toast at point guard that would, that you didn't want that dude to shoot. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it was like a tale of two cities or something, you know, but, uh, but so, I mean, you know, the way that we upgraded, mm-hmm. you know, from in the backcourt, I don't know how everybody's talking about this 41, 43, 44 games. It's got to be worth six or seven games in improvement just yeah. from the upgrade in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. So I just don't get it. Um, but, yeah, man, but um, I hope uh, – one of my hopes is on Wednesday that Grimes gets in. I really like the way that he played mm-hmm. um, preseason. You know, I hope that he gets in. Um, I wish that I could be at this game, uh, but uh, but I can't. But I really wish that I could. I'm just look, really looking forward to it. Yep. And uh, my last thing is, you know, I'm tired of the slander, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, mm-hmm. Everybody's uh, bigging up JD, talking about the 50 burger and all this. Now, I'm the first one that said 50 Ice water. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't put it, you know, I didn't make it a culinary dish. I didn't make it a sandwich, a burger, or a 50 hero. And I wasn't that creative, right? Yeah. But I was the first one to 50 win. So, you know, all respect, J.D., but, you know, come on. You know, you got to give me my props, right? Uh, hey, I, I give you your props, man. I'm not, in, I'm not in a race. You got it. Um, As long, I just want us to, to get there. Fifth, no, but I'm holding on to that 50 wins and the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm holding on to that. All right. Um, you know, I'd that. be disappointed. I think it's a disappointment if we don't at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with, with the with the with the roster and the depth that we have. We should make a we should make a run. Um, and just one more thing, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. Keep Mitch. You know, I would much rather have Mitch than DeAndre Ayton. And yeah. there was a time when I wanted Devin Booker. Don't want Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Too inconsistent. Don't want Devin Booker. I like the team that we have. You know, if we're going to get somebody, let's, you know, not one of those dudes. So. Perimeter, man. Perimeter. Thanks a lot. Thanks, I appreciate bro. the call. Thanks. Give me, give me that assassin on the perimeter, man. Forget the big guy. <laughs> We already got Zion. Zion already missing games again with the foot. Come on, man. Like, yeah, forget yeah, that yeah, Zion yeah, yeah. thing. Dead that. Forget Towns. Forget Aiton. Give me a, a beast on the perimeter, man. Give me the next guy after Fournier, the next guy after Kemba and Rose. Give me that. That's what I'm looking for. Forget the big guy. We can. We good with Mitch. Yeah, I can't co-sign the Booker thing. I, I would love to have Booker in orange and blue. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> No, he's still got a lot of a lot of game to unlock. I will take him in the orange yeah. blue in the heart. For, forget Zion, man. Forget Zion. That, yeah, that's I, trouble, yeah, man. Yeah, y'all can have that. That's that's a buyer's beware. I'm telling you, for, forget yeah. that. At uh, this point, he, he he might resign with the with the Pelicans. <laughs> he, he ain't gonna have no other choice. He might not have that's any other big. choice, man. Right. Zion out. That's that's kind of crazy, man. All right, fellas, yeah. let's get to. Um, well, oh, well, so Icewater said you want to see Grimes get in. I mean, hey, you know, you never know with foul trouble, uh, injuries, you never know. But uh, we saw some good things from Grimes definitely in that preseason game. Loved his defense. Always talked about the fact that he's a good rebounding guard. Finished that last preseason game with six rebounds. Thought that was excellent. Thought his, his jumper was on the money. Didn't make all of them, but uh, certainly made the timely uh, threes that he needed to. So uh, I liked I liked Grimes' activity on, on both ends. Uh, and, and the preseason finale for sure. So 
will he get there? We'll see. But but one thing for sure, fellas, uh, all three of us had Quentin Grimes in in our preseason awards. So there it is, <laughs> Quentin Grimes, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. rookie of the year pick. So there that is, Grimes over McBride and Sims. Now, CK, I'll start with you, man. Um, mm-hmm. You went with Grimes as the Rookie of the Year pick. Mm-hmm. You went OVMIP, Rose Six Man, Julius MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talk through those a little bit. I, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I've been putting a lot of uh, stock in the the Grimes category. I had him in my lineups as well when we were talking about our um, our, our proposed lineups going into the year mm-hmm. uh, and was really happy with the minutes that he gave, especially coming from playing garbage minutes in the first few games and then getting a, a way bigger role in that fourth game and, and delivering even when his shot wasn't hitting, like you said, until it mattered. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this kid. And I, a lot like the Obi Toppin and Julius Randle pairing uh, in the lineup, I don't know if Tibbs is going to go to Grimes early on, but if I were to bet on one of those two scenarios, I think I would bet on the Grimes getting some burn before uh, Julius and, and Obi closing out a game. So I, I really believe that we're going to see Q get in that rotation. I've been saying it. I'm sticking to it. And I believe it. that he's going to be a part of this rotation. Who right. gets left out, I'll leave that at Tibbs. But I'm, I'm sticking to it. So, yeah, as far as the preseason, I love what, what, what Q gave to us. Um, and most improved, I think that was that was. Odd. Are we just sticking on rookie? You want me to keep going? Through yeah, my, keep my just go through it. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah, but m- most improved, like Obi Toppin. Everybody was talking about Obi Toppin for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he upped every aspect of his game: confidence offensively, confidence defensively, and actual production defensively. And that's the main things that I want to see. We we saw what he could give us in that uh, summer league run. Um, and I feel like he brought that same player and some. Yeah. My man was even pointing out uh, Floyd Mayweather after. Uh, yeah, he said, Floyd, this is for you. Oh, he was That's flexing what I'm on him. Yeah. Right, right. That's the man that I, I was looking forward to. We got Dayton Obi in the building. Uh, I, I loved, I love, love, loved what we saw to, uh, of Obi in the preseason. And if we end up doing this at the end of the season, I'm, I, I would bet now that I think Obi Top will be my most improved for the Knicks at the end of the season as well. I think this is something that's going to carry on. I really believe in them. Six man, I, what else needs to be said? Derrick yeah. Rose did what he had to do. He came off the bench and did exactly what Derrick Rose did. Comfortable being that backup, doing what he has to do, controlling the second unit. My favorite thing about him was the way that he was pushing to make the other players on the, uh, around him better. Um, Kevin Knox was getting the, the little bit, bits of minutes. You saw him force feed Kevin Knox to, to get a few threes in that game against the, the, uh, the Wizards uh, in Washington. Um, we saw the same thing with Obi Toppin pushing the pace with Obi. He's just, you know, the guy that we need uh, running the floor for us on that second unit. Uh, that's that's going to carry over. I have him as my sixth six man of the year for the regular season, so he definitely got in the preseason. I think he's going to get it for the actual lead this year. And Julius Randle played three of the four games. My man had a whole second kid and got a game winner, <laughs> diving for balls, asking for uh, 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 challenges in a preseason game. And, and not to me, I'm not even talking about the stats yet, putting up crazy minutes because it's tip. Nah, man, that's that's MVP worthy right there. I got nothing else to say. Julius Randle, I'm ready for the real season. And uh, yeah, he was definitely MVP in only three games for preseason yeah. in my eyes. Stats be damned. The man was doing all the little things. That he was the Thibodeau on the court. Yeah. Give that man the MVP. JD, your season predictions. You're going <laughs> Grimes, rookie of the year. RJ, you're going with the most improved. You're thinking RJ will be the most improved player when it's all said and done. D-Rose, six-man, and D-Rose 
MVP. Now, I'm tell people in the chat, when I first saw this D-Rose as an MVP pick, I thought it was Cap. I felt like JD was trying to curry favor with the Rose Hive after removing him from his closing lineup. You know, the Rose Hive is very sensitive, CK. We, we know this. They're very sensitive. I feel like the MVP pick was, was strategic on JD's part, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll leave that for last. Yeah. Grimes, uh, you know, I, I actually going, I think maybe, I, I don't know, it looks like CK was all on the Grimes bandwagon from the from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But going into it, based on Summer League, I thought it, was, it would be McBride. Um, and now the way preseason ended, uh, some of the minutes he got late. And when I look at also the rotation, um, I just think Grimes has more paths to get minutes that McBride does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, the way it looks like it's shaping out by based on the way Thibodeau has managed preseason and minutes, it looks like McBride's only chance to get minutes is either defensive assignment late or injuries via the point guard position. Mm-hmm. After that, whether it's from the two guard position and even the three in a small ball, and he, you, you might even play him in a bigger lineup and have him guard once. Mm-hmm. It looks like Thibodeau um, likes Grimes in in the variation of lineup. So mm-hmm. just based on the fact that I just think Grimes has more paths to play, to me, he got the nod for rookie of uh, of the year. He, and he's your first round pick. So you yeah. would think you would want to find ways to get him minutes. Um, now, RJ, I think Obi, and I, I know Obi will be the popular pick. And I think Obi will be the most improved in terms of gap like his gap from where he was last season to this season i think will be more noticeable Mm -hmm. when you see him on the court but just like julius randall got the most improved player award last season in the whole nba and part of that was because of the impact he had on the knicks Mm -hmm. i just think that for what the assignments are for rj the challenges that he's going to face the way that Thibodeau is challenging him I'm not looking at it from a statistical standpoint. I'm looking mm-hmm. at it from him taking a jump defensively and him just improving his points per game by one or two points, continuing to be, in a, you know, turning into an elite three-point shooter, it seems. I think him making a jump defensively will be so crucial for the Knicks that I think the impact that it'll have on the Knicks' bottom line will be more and OB showing improvement for 10 to 15 minutes. So for me, it's just more acknowledging RJ's jump than actually not saying that OB's not going to be improved. I think mm-hmm. OB will be um, most improved in terms of um, from year one to year two. Uh, Rose, don't need to say anything about the six man. I think based on him being the first guard off the bench, it's it's set. Now, MVP. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think Randall is our best player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But again, last year, the Knicks, without Derrick Rose, were 17 and 20. Mm-hmm. With Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose played 35 games. Mm-hmm. With Derrick mm-hmm. Rose, the Knicks were 30. Uh, they were 24 and 11 with him. One was a 69% win percentage. At the end of the day, when you look at teams around the NBA, you saw the Lakers. They had LeBron, no AD. LeBron is the best player in the world, people say. That didn't matter for the Lakers. You saw with the Nets. KD is their Mm -hmm. best player. Harden wasn't 100%. That didn't matter for the Nets. You see it all around the NBA. Yes, Randall's our best player, but who is your most valuable player? 
And to me, this season, the most valuable player for the Knicks will be Derrick Rose. We've seen it a little bit already in preseason. We saw it how many times last year. Um, I just think that being a, a, a closing option and I just think he's the our most indispensable player. If we lose him, it could be, you know, we're, I don't think we're going to reach our ceiling. And that's just how I'm basing it. Most valuable player to me is Derrick Rose. And I think he'll prove it this year because when he's played, we've won games. And that's the bottom line. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Still think it's cap for the Rose Hive, but fair enough. Fair enough, man. All right. <laughs> Rose Hive stand down. All right. We're showing oh, them love, man. man. Yo, somebody from the Rose Hive got out of me crazy after the last preseason game. I said on the show several things. I said how how much, you know, his jumper is efficient. He's playmaking. He's closing. He's I, I, I said he should be the closing point guard in, in these games over Kemba. And somebody in the Rose Hive is like, CP, you, you, you're talking about Julius in this game. Rose didn't get enough coverage. Rose didn't get enough love. I said, yo, Julius did hit the game winner right how are we not gonna talk about julius but that's that's rose high for you man so good job jd hopefully uh we don't get any tomatoes from them so for me i'm with you guys i'm going grimes as uh the team rookie of the year as you said jd i think he'll get more opportunities than mcbride to come in in spurts you know, again, RJ's going to have some tough assignments. There will be nights where he's going to pick up those two quick fouls, you know, miss a full half. Then you got Burks up next, and then you got McBr- uh, uh, then you got Grimes up next. So, and, and I think Grimes will be able to slide in maybe at the two or even the three, depending on the matchup. So I think there'll be more opportunities for him to play. And again, just being that three and D uh, wing at, at you know where he is in his rookie year, I think he's going to be solid for us if he gets some minutes, man. I really like what I saw from him in that last preseason game, and I think he'll be able to do that in a regular season. Plays plays with a veteran's mentality already. You could already see that in him. Most improved. I hear what you're saying with RJ, and I think defensively it'll it'll definitely uh, show. And he's going to have those assignments. He's going to have no choice but to show it. But I think offensively. I think he'll maintain where he was last year, being that around 17 and 7, 18 and 7, 40% from three, which will still be good, which will still be good contributions. I just don't see the offensive leap that, you know, drastic as it was from rookie to sophomore year. Maybe, hopefully, you hope he gets to 20. That would be nice. That would certainly be nice. But I think he'll still stay, especially with the with the additions of Kemba and Fournier, I still think RJ will still be around that 18 and 7, 17 and 7, and 40% from 3, 3 and D type. So I'm going with Obi because from what I saw from Summer League in the preseason, I feel like he's ready. I feel like he's confident. Uh, and I just feel like he's locked in, not just offensively, but defensively, man. Three block shots in that closing preseason game against the Wizards. And that's what gives you confidence that maybe you see that Julius and Obi lineup when we need more offense out there and we're trying to catch up from a tough gap. Because Tibbs said during the media day press conference that he didn't like it last year because he had no rim protection. Well, Obi's showing you right now that his defensive awareness is, is taking a step up from his rookie season. So, And he's also getting on the boards. And so even in the limited minutes, I'm looking at Obi as a guy that could fill up your stat sheet for you, get you maybe 8 to 10 points, 8 to 10 rebounds, a steal here, a block here, a couple of dimes, knock down a couple of threes, 
And I think that'll be way more than, than what he gave you in his rookie year. You know, and again, from a confidence standpoint, just attacking uh, on both ends. Them finding him in transition will also uh, benefit him. So I'm going Obi with the most improved. D. Rose, no-brainer, six-man. I think he'll be the six-man of the team and the six-man of the league. I think D. Rose could all, could could even up his points per game this year than last year as he gets more comfortable and more chemistry with this team, understands his role, and I do think he's going to be the closing point guard on this team. So even if he doesn't start, I think he's still going to get a healthy dose of minutes. And uh, and the way he's been shooting the rock between last year and, and into this preseason, I think he's, he's going to be spot on. So I think Rose will make a strong case for league six-man of the year, and he'll definitely be the team six-man of the year. And then lastly, MVP. Listen, I hear what you're saying about the the, uh, the team record when they got Rose because that was certainly noticeable. Um, I, I looked at him as the X factor of that Knicks team, but the MVP to me is still going to be Julius. I think the most indispensable player is still going to be Julius. He needs to be healthy, and you need for him to maintain that uh, all-star, most improved player pace. It may not be that the 24... 10 and 7 that he did uh, last season, which was outstanding. You know, that, that was historic, those stats that he put up. But he's going to have to come close for this team to stay above the play in and be a, a six, be a playoff team, be a six seed, be one of the top teams in the East. It's going to come on Julius's back. If Rose goes down, yeah, we're going to lose a lot, but we still got Quick. We got Burks. My guy Burks. You know, we can still make up for the offense, J.D. We can still make up offensively, J.D., if Rose goes down. We may not have that same killer instinct and that same MVP style, that veteran presence, but offensively, we can make those numbers up. If Julius goes down, I don't see I don't see how you get that. And so that's why I'm Obi, going. Obi, most improved player. You got Obi as most improved uh, player, right? He will be, but he won't be the MVP. I don't think, he, I don't think he'll be putting up MVP numbers. So that that's where I'm going. I'm going Julius... Uh, with, with the MVP, man. So what do you guys think in the chat? Leave us your Rookie of the Year pick, Most Improved, Six Man, and MVP. What do you guys I, think in the I, chat? I thought, I thought you were going to find a way. And I know I know you were working on it. I know you were trying to find what's what's an argument that I can come up with man. to somehow put Alec Burks in this lineup. <laughs> Listen, if there was a Mr. Fourth Quarter, don't worry. He's going to be there. He's going to come up big for us again this year. Now, his role might change, you know, a, a, a across the 82-game spectrum. But don't sleep. Don't sleep on Burks, man. We're going to need him this year. Big time. Big time. All right. Last call of the night. Oh, I see Jay Boogie here. So Jay Boogie just bumped Ari out of his spot. So Ari's up and Jay Boogie closing. Ari, what's good? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. So, um, first of all, yo, JD, you're on your game tonight, man. You're on your game tonight. I listen, you know, you make very sound arguments. Personally, I'm with CP. I'm with 46, 47. You may have bumped me up to like 47, 48. I'm not going to go 50 wins. Mm-hmm. And personally, I don't you care if Kevin Durant and LeBron James are on this team. I'm not going 50 wins because I have such PTSD. So I'll never go 50 wins <laughs> on that. But I'm just, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you make good points today. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, with your with regards to your MVP, if you're talking playoff MVP, I'm with you. I think D Rose will be our playoff MVP. But obviously, regular season MVP, I'm going with Julius. 
Um, now, what I want to talk about uh, is about the game tomorrow or mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call him when, when um, so when uh, Keith what's his name, the other guy, the Boston guy was yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen, I personally think the Knicks are going to win tomorrow. And I think they're going to win because, first of all, the home court advantage is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, it's going to be crazy in that building. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted to talk to Keith because Boston is, like, they're one of the softest teams in the league. The reason why Jason Tatum doesn't go to the free throw line is because he shies away from contact. And, you know, I just think the Knicks are going to out-hustle them. I think they're going to body them. Uh, there's only one guy on Boston who actually is a tough guy, and that's Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. But everyone else on that team is soft. They, 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 they don't want the contact. And you know the Knicks are going to come hard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say this. I think, I, think, I think Tibbs closed the Washington game mm-hmm. with the team he was considering closing against Boston because he knows they might go small. So he's looking at Obi and Randall, you know, the small ball unit because he knows Boston might go small. And he also had Quentin Grimes on the floor. Um, and both of those things he never did at all in the preseason. I mm-hmm. can definitely see uh, Quentin Grimes getting some, especially down the stretch, you know, if Tatum and Brown are going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Grimes, in my opinion, is the best perimeter defender on the team. I know RJ's up there, but uh, Grimes, definitely, uh, Grimes definitely could hold his own. So I think he's going to actually get minutes. And I think Tibbs was kind of preparing mm-hmm. for that, maybe. And that's why he ran, and that's, and, and that's why he ran like, that lineup. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm with JD, like, in the sense that when you have such a deep team, you're less susceptible. Like, the injuries don't affect you as much as if you have, if you have a top-heavy team. So your floor is kind of higher, um, but your ceiling is kind of lower because you don't have the superstar talent. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give JD the benefit of the doubt. I was at 46 wins. Um, because of his argument, I'll bump myself up to 47, 47 wins. I'll give, I'll give you an extra game on that. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think the Knicks are going to win the game tomorrow in a, in a defensive game. Okay. Uh, so I would take the under tomorrow. Under tomorrow. And one last thing, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, after careful deliberations, mm-hmm. right, after careful deliberations <laughs> and talking to multiple people from Knicks Fan TV and, and, and the people in the chat, uh, I'm going to take my talents to Twitter starting tomorrow. Oh. I'm joining the Knicks fan t- TV wow. Twitter gang. Let's go. I don't know my handle yet, so I-, I don't know about that, but I hear there's a lot of negativity and fighting, so obviously I want to be there for all that. Uh, that's my comfort Uh-oh. zone. So, Ari, um, join the squad. Look, oh, boy. I definitely look forward to the Twitter gang, so uh, I'll be there to, uh, to, to, to do the Twitter thing. So once I get it all set up, I'll let you guys know. Looking, looking forward to it, man. Ari joining the Twitter fam. Okay. All right, so so we'll uh, we'll send out the handle uh, once we know it. But Ari, breaking news, is joining the Twitter gang, no doubt. He made up for that because 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 he, he added like a flagrant three on a, on on that on one of those comments, man. I won't even repeat it, but it was a it was a flagrant three offense. Yeah. Had to yeah, drop the yeah. pause even even while mm-hmm. I was multitasking. I still caught that. It was like whoa whoa whoa, take it easy. <laughs> oh man, um, other news real quick around the world. Rokas Yakubaitis is turning heads. All right, they said Rokas is doing the damn thing in the Spanish ACB league, which is considered to be second to the NBA in terms of um, competition and in terms of quality of play. Seems like Rokas left summer league swagged out, and he's doing the damn thing over there in uh, in in Spain. So, according to John Hollinger of the Athletic, he says. Um, I think he was his pick of the week in terms of uh, international prospect. 
in the in the athletic article he says most notably he's been able to convert both frequently and efficiently inside the arc despite moving up to a more difficult league hitting 20 of his 31 two-point attempts while drawing fouls at roughly double the rate of a year ago he looks like a really interesting rotation guard for the next year and beyond so all right so we're talking you know we're talking to keith smith about team building Knicks got their draft and stash going down, and Rokas is uh, is doing the damn thing, man. So stay tuned for that. When you talk about building assets, if they all pan out, can't keep them and pay them all. So yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Got options. Got options, man. You know, this, this could be the future. While, while you, while D. Rose and Kemba do their thing, who knows? You know, Ro- Rokas and, and McBride could be the next uh, the next platoon with, with a little quickly mm-hmm. in there. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Closer of the night, Jay Boogie in the building. Jay Boogie, let's go. Salute, salute, salute. Three capital S's. Hope everybody doing great and lovely. God bless you all in the chat. Before I even drop drop off a jewel, it's a, I got to give a lot of love to the CPs going on. First thing first, rest in peace to Colin Powell. Yeah, 100%. First thing first. I got to give him that. Now let's move on from that. Much love is... Respect for another CP, Candace Parker. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, you went Tim. home and you brought your chip back to the crib. Mm-hmm. Call Kimba and tell him that's what we're looking for. <laughs> Point blank, hands down. <laughs> now let's move on from that. To my man on that window screen, CP. That's my general manager, let's a.k.a. Go. the young, young Lloyd Banks. Right over here with my <laughs> man, Griselda. Yeah, the young pretty boy himself. And my man, the young Tony Yayo, fly assassin. Yeah, Let's and it's the squad. And my man, you don't never see behind the board, Super Dave. Keep the cape on. If you don't see him, anything go wrong, best believe he handling his business. Shout out to Wonder Woman. Wherever she at, you know how she do. She flying in that visible jet. Yeah. And you know who I am, Jake Boogie. Let me run this down real quick. Let's how go. I feel and what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, my rookie rookie of the year on our team, yeah, y'all already caught it. It's got to be Grimes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Point blank, hands down. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna throw something in there. My most improved player. I'm gonna just go a little bit to the to the, to the side mm-hmm. because I want him to do right and I want him to know he got some love behind him. I'm gonna give some love to Kevin Knox, man. Come mm-hmm. on back. You already on the team. You ain't get traded. You ain't going nowhere. You didn't go to summer league. You, I don't know what you worked on, but I want you to know that we're behind you 100%. Come on back. I got a most improved player awards for you. Come and get that for me, please. All right. The six man off the bench, D Rose, man. You yeah. got to give it to him. He already got it hands down. He don't bought that ring and planted it in the middle of the court. So the you know what time court. it is right there. Yeah. He's feeling himself this year, right? Yeah. And no other than my man. You know who the most improved player, you know what I'm saying? Julius Randle. And ain't MB, nobody MVP, else going to do it but him. And he's ready to go. Best yeah. believe you saw it. Game on the line. Buzzer beater. You should have dropped the Julius Nip when he did that. <laughs> yes, salute, my brother. He ready to go. And he ain't got to work hard from the first to the third no more. He can only work from the second to the finish line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And get there and break world records like Carl Lewis. Get to the finish line. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I want to tell everybody, continue on staying healthy safe, yeah. man. God bless you, man. Live your life. Enjoy your life. You only live once. You know what I'm saying? Love your people. Hug them sometime. You know what I'm saying? Tell them how much you appreciate them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Apologize to everybody that's in the chat that I ain't, you ain't here for me in the last two games. In case you don't know, I don't do no bum games. No bum games. No bum games. We were supposed to win that. 
all them games that we mm. won in the preseason, we're supposed to yeah. win that, so I'm not going to talk about that. But best believe, I'm ready for that Celtics. I'm ready to go. Come on over here. Wednesday night, ESPN. We highlighting the show. We're setting it off, man. You know what I'm saying? Real real early in the season. I ain't got no prediction on wins. My prediction is home court advantage in the first round of the playoff. So you already know that's top four up. That's my prediction right there. No numbers. Just playoff positions. That's my numbers. And I'm going to give y'all some breaking news right here real quick. But before I do that, anybody that come up, call up and spit any type of ball for CP, and I like it, I'm going to tell them to grab your information, and I'm going to email you a track. You'll get a chance to do a track, you know what I'm saying, with Jay Bookie. I got some things coming. Salute, 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 three capital S. Let's go. Throw some fives in the chat for Jay Boogie. Jay Boogie and Papa left. Uh-oh collaborating on something alright let's go let's go great call as usual yeah he said he doesn't do the bum nights I I, I thought Friday night was gonna be a bum night I took off bad mistake <laughs> big big mistake chat was looking for you <laughs> I, I know man they thought I was dodging the smoke I, they came they looking. came at me crazy yep. you know I dropped my 46 wins and I ran out of there I ran out of the chat <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, we definitely saw that. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, I, I, I don't know what happened, man. Uh, you know, you were in the back room, and and, we, <sighs> and then Randall hit the shot, and you, you just disappeared. Crazy. We had to, we had to run the show out. together. Crazy. And didn't I? And, and then somebody called me out. They was like, "Bro," and you did say that Randall was the last person you want taking the last shot. I definitely, I definitely did say that. So, free, <laughs> freezing cold take once again. CP exposed, but I never run from the smoke. Never run from the smoke. Freezing cold take. <laughs> As we did the most reliable shot episode, and now nah, Randall was Randall was dead last in my book. But um, great, great job by him sealing the deal. And uh, yeah, fellas, we are getting closer to the day. Who, who's the scoring high on Wednesday? And over over under Tatum, thirty seven points. Scoring high for the game? Yeah. Or for the Knicks? No. Well, well, well scoring. Who's who's the, who's the high score for the Knicks? And Tatum over under. Yeah. Let's go thirty six points over under. Mm. I still got to go Julius as the high. Um, I still got to go Julius as the high. Mm-hmm. And I'll go 27-28 uh, for him. I think t- I think Tatum, I think he goes 35. If this was 2K with me on the sticks, I would say Kemba Walker <laughs> because of obvious reasons. But because it's real life, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I think Julius Randle's going to set the tone. I'm with, I'm with uh, CP on that one. Uh, I'll go with like 25-27. Uh, and I'm gonna go on the under with uh, with with Tatum, slightly under. I think he's gonna have a big game in his first game and prove a point. Oh, man, good, good. No, I, I I think Tatum the under. Um, I mean, when you're playing these superstars, man, it's it's hard to you know it's hard to you can only try to contain them, and that's even already difficult enough. But I think he gets around thirty. One, I like that. Yeah, thirty. Um, I think he gets thirty-one. Mm-hmm. And for the Knicks, I guess Randall's the easy answer. But yeah. you know, to me, Kemba's the dark horse with the whole you know storyline and home. And he might he might have a off he might have a great game just off adrenaline. 
Yeah, yeah. I hope. You know, with I, with, I with all like the hype leading into it. I just got to give Kemba and Fournier some time then to gel and, and get some chemistry with these guys. So that's why I didn't pick them as yet. Saw some people down on Fournier early. I'm like, you know, you, you're crazy. Just, you got to give him some time, man. It's only preseason. I saw him take some good looks in that last game against the Wizards. He just wasn't knocking down the shots. But he was still facilitating, you know, still playing hard. It'll be all right, man. Fournier will be all right. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll give him a chance to recover. Um, but but just wanted to show you guys something, man, on the Julius topic. For those of you that'll be joining us uh, Wednesday at Mustang Harry's, somebody's going home with this bad boy. It's an autographed Ooh. Julius Randle, most improved Ooh. player basketball. As you guys know, man, no Fulton Street knockoffs, no Fulton, no foot tricks. Comes with the Fanatics Certificate of Authenticity signed by number 30, Julius Randle himself. So don't sleep, man. That's why we tell you, man. You got to come through to a Knicks Fan TV production because uh, somebody always goes home a winner, win or lose, man. So once again, appreciate my guys at Forzano Law for supporting the event. Go to ForzanoLaw.com for all your personal injury needs. If you guys have been injured in a car accident, construction accident, slip and fall, trip and fall, nursing home incident, my guys at Forzano Law will help you back on the road to monetary compensation. Call them up, 718-372-1397-X4. Anthony or David, tell them CP the franchise sent you. Diehard Knicks fans, they'll take care of you. Or you can go in person, 271 Avenue U in Brooklyn, and that's one block away from the F train. So like I said, man, um, tomorrow we'll be at the Barnett Foundation event. We'll, we'll start off around 11 a.m., so lunchtime. Take some more of your calls. Call us up on the season. Let us know what you're thinking. We'll go from about 11 to 1, and then I'll wrap up again from about uh, 4.30 to about 5.30. So definitely looking forward to uh, you guys coming through. Make sure you guys come through for that. Let me salute to the rest of the Super Chats that came in. Uh, Hank Brezel says, I've seen Julius guard Kyrie throw him on Tatum. Hank Brezel's ready to go. He's hyped. Uh, Eric Beats sends a super chat. Happy birthday, by the way, Eric. It was Eric's birthday yesterday. He says, thank you for all the birthday wishes yesterday. Let's get ready for Wednesday. I'll be there. Yeah, Eric's coming through with us. Owen A sends a super chat. $10 super chat. Appreciate it. King Matthew says, uh, you're crazy if you think we're winning 43. Uh, Knicks are deep as hell, and you're giving us that number 48 to 54 wins to be exact. And three to five seed. Come on now. Hashtag 50 burger. Uh, and Robert Patterson's a super chat says rooks are going to end up playing this year. Yeah, they certainly have a chance to, man. Certainly have a chance to. A uh, couple more coming in before we sign out. Couple more super chats. Couple more super chats. The the rhyme animal Chuck D's in the building sends a super chat. He says, um, "No words left. We are all ready. Knicks Nation, let's go." Haitian Ferg sends a super chat. He says, "Whose man's is this? Aiton for Julius? Nah, bro. Aiton is a byproduct of CP3. New age Tyson Chandler." Charlie sends two more super chats. He says, "I want the basketball." He says, "The sign ball. <laughs> I want it." So Charlie's gonna be there early. Charlie, are you, Charlie, are you rocking the gorilla soup on Wednesday? How are you coming through, man? I, I haven't seen you without it, so I don't know what you look like without the gorilla soup. Are you rocking the gorilla soup on Wednesday? Let us know, man. Leave a comment in the chat. And for everybody else, man, all eleven hundred, all one thousand, hit that thumbs up button one more time. Hit that like button for your boys. We'll see you tomorrow, man. We out of here. Oh, got that thing turned around. We out of here. Oh, there, there we go. There it is. There we go. Jeez. There we go. Yeah, man. All right. We out of here, man. Good show, fam.